0: Wouldn't it be great if peace could be installed on our homes like air conditioning? You know, someone irritates us and we just flip a switch, bink, and peace just pours out through the ventilation system. And the only investment it would take is just a few more bucks each month on the utility bill. Well worth the investment cost, amen? Of course, it sounds like a pretty far cry from reality. If you think I can change that kind of reality in just a few minutes, then you know what? I got some swamp land that I will sell you. So uh message me with your name, and I will gladly push off my swampland on you because uh, it'd be a great sell for you. The conflict is a part it just it's a part of life this side of heaven, unfortunately. And here's kind of a reality when it comes to ministry at least, and maybe relationships in general, but you are either in conflict, coming out of a conflict, or getting ready to go into one in regular life it just isn't that much different. However, there it that doesn't have to be a bad thing. As we see in Jesus's words to uh, to a crowd in Matthew 5 at the probably about a third of the way through what he what is called his sermon on the mount. This is verses 21 through 26 out of Matthew 5. Jesus says, "You have heard that it was said of those of ancient times, you shall not murder." or whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. Be first reconciled to your brother or sister, then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him. Or your accuser may hand you over to a judge and the judge to the guard and you will be thrown in prison. Truly I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. Yes, believe it or not, this is the word of our Lord. See, God didn't just inspire somebody else to say this kind of thing. God chose through Je- as Jesus to say this all himself so why is it important why does this idea of re- resolving conflict matter because first off jesus raises the bar he raises the expectation on the people that are around him he starts off you have heard that it was said you have heard that it was said it's kind of this theme of matthew 5 because he's writing to an an audience or he is speaking to an audience who understands sort of the The rules of the laws that have been written in the past. And so he's referencing these things, these laws. He says, you have heard that it was said, don't murder. Yep, you've you've known it since you were knee high to a grasshopper. They know where the bar is set. Don't murder. You know what? That's nice and low. Don't murder is pretty easy. But Jesus gets on the scene and he says, you know what? Don't murder isn't going to cut it anymore. Having the bar down at your feet isn't going to cut it anymore. The bar goes up. The expectation goes up. The new bar is don't even get close to wishing that your brother or your sister was dead. So Jesus is taking this thought from outward action to inward attitude. He's not just talking about one thing, but he takes three lines all together. This is one who calls their brother or sister a moron or a fool, a numbskull, who has had an ever-present bitterness towards them. Now, does that sound like a follower of Jesus? And if you are looking and wanting to go, yes, that sounds like many of the Christians that I know, think about, is that how you would expect somebody to follow somebody like Jesus? Does it sound like anybody you would want to hang out with? Maybe that's kind of a more universal question. If you could do without people like that, then shout yes in the comments. It's alright, I'll lead the way on that one, that's for sure. But some you know, some people say that or come back at me talking about this and they're like, you know what, Jesus called people fools or Jesus got angry with people. Um But think about this. Jesus had sort of a an edge when it comes to that whole righteous indi- indignation department. So it's sort of comparing apples and oranges to a power of ten. We don't necessarily don't get to do all the same things that Jesus did. He sort of had some of these categories unlock but why else is it important and maybe this is where it gets a little more practical relationships in jesus eyes relationships trump even worship now it's a safe bet to think that worship was a big deal to jesus early on in uh, in the bible in the old testament worship is paired with this idea of a jealous god now to be sure god created everything so god kind of has a right to demand worship He doesn't want worship being spread around to all false gods and stuff like that. lest people experience the description of God that comes as as a devouring fire. But Jesus says relationships, that's even more important. See, the fact is, Jesus didn't go to the cross for worship. Going into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, about a week before Easter, before Jesus gave his life as a demonstration of his love, he says, as people are trying as people are trying to get the crowds to stop worshiping, sh- stop shouting Hosanna. He says, even if the people stopped worshiping, the rocks would start up. God has this worship thing in the back. The relationship thing, that's where it starts to get a little more complicated. As he says again in verses 23 and 24. So when you ha- are offering your gift at the altar... If you remember your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister, then come and offer your gift. So Jesus is saying this to people who would have traveled days to worship. This wasn't just a 10-minute inconvenience of, okay, let's turn the car around and go back home and, and something like that. Some back then, for some people back then, this would have been a major hardship. And Jesus says, you know what? If it's a major hardship, so be it. Go get things right with your brother or sister. Go get the relationship right. Because until this is worked out, our relationships among each other, this, our relationship with God, is always going to have a glass ceiling to it. Only so high that it can can get. Now, is there ever a reason to not resolve a conflict? To not um, seek out forgiveness or to go... To offer forgiveness, perhaps, but let me say it this way: Is there ever a reason not to resolve it yet? That's a little more uh, appropriate question, if you will. One idea might be that we need time. Now, so, you know, sometimes conflict, especially when it comes to conflict with loved ones, with people who are closest to us, it hits our buttons. It hits, you know, we get angry, um, we get very emotional pain starts to take over and we're in no shape to try and deal with it. Certainly logically that logical reasoning part of our brain and thinking things through just clicks off and we go all reptilian and everything like that. And we just react out of our, out of our gut. And we're in no shape to deal well with it or to deal with it. Well, lest we do something or we say something that we're ultimately going to regret. I think we said last week, that, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, but unfortunately, hindsight is always after the fact. Sometimes the right move is to, is to take time. Now, note what I'm, I'm saying here. I'm talking about hours or maybe days, maybe weeks, depending on the situation. We're not talking about months and years here. We're not talking about, you know, the, um, just ducking the whole situation for as long as we can. We're talking about getting to a place where we can deal with it well, not duck, the situ- not duck the situation so we don't have to deal with it at all. Sometimes, maybe, we've got to give the other person time. Understand, your job is not to make them respond to your efforts to try and resolve the conflict, whatever it is. Maybe you've tried to resolve it and the other person blows it off. And that's where this comes in, giving them time. Giving them time. Time to be in a place where they can deal with it properly rather maybe than ducking it before you try again. So how do we deal with it? Maybe in that time that we're giving it time or or just when conflict happens, what are some of the tools we can have in our back pocket to help, to help us get through? Well, we can let it, we can as best we can. And I promise this is not the only step. But some things we can just let roll off our back. You know, how do they say it in the caricatures of, of a character from New Jersey? Forget about it. Or maybe that's a, a part of Brooklyn, I don't know. I got friends from that area, you do it better than I do. But ask yourself this, whatever it is that that you're having a conflict over, is it worth having a heart attack over this issue? And sometimes it, we have to ask it that blatantly, that boldly. Is it worth having a heart attack? Trust me, I know what it's like to respond to every every offense like it's World War III. And it, it gets you nowhere good and it gets you there awfully fast. So if anybody has ever seen an overreaction, get somebody into trouble, comment with an amen. Whether it was you or somebody else, I bet we could overflood Facebook with amens. Just in seeing, <coughs> just in seeing people overreact and how that can get us into trouble. That's one of those things where 2020 can help. When we've experienced that and we realize, oh, wait, that's not the way it's supposed to go. That's That doesn't put me in a good place. How else can we do it? How else can we deal with that conflict in a way that doesn't send us down that rabbit hole? Sometimes it helps to put ourselves in the shoes of the other person, the person we're having a conflict with. Maybe they're having a rough day. Maybe they are being simply careless with their words. It isn't to say you allow yourself to be to make yourself a doormat. You know, we dealt with that kind of boundary issue a little bit last week. But for some things, the right move is simply to be able to let it go. But if you can't do that, if you or if you try that and there's still something about it that's eating away at you, roll it off to the Lord. Pray about it. Pray for the person. Even if it's just, God, give me a heart for this other person. You know, you can God can use prayer to soften our heart. And this is certainly a good thing when uh, it comes to having to confront them, to have a soft heart towards them, to have a heart that's not all about trying to to beat them down or to, to win the argument. But you know what else? When we're praying for somebody, it's awfully hard to stay fuming at them. It's hard to be angry for somebody and pray for them at the same time. So if you're at this point, and you're like, you know what, I can't just let it go and maybe even praying about it doesn't seem to quite uh, get me back to a place where I can deal with a conflict. Here's something, a, a verse, if you will, that may be able to help make sense of it or, or help give you words to pray. It says, I, unfortunately, I can't remember where I learned this one, but it says, I ask the Lord to take from me the supersensitivity that robs the soul of joy and peace and causes fellowship to cease i've asked the lord to take from me the supersensitivity that robs the soul of joy and peace and causes fellowship to cease if an honest effort at these two ideas doesn't solve it or doesn't resolve it for you then look at what matthew 18 says in Inver- matthew 18:15 says if another member of the church sins against you go and point out the fault When the two of you are alone, if the member listens to you, you have regained that one. Now, there's certainly far more to this verse than I'm trying to unpack today. But, you know, I said last week that boundaries are easier to respect and to, to follow when they're clear. Conflict is easier to deal with when it's clear. Being passive aggressive toward those that we're in relationship with, that doesn't solve it. I can certainly type enough amens to think that's how I've tried to do it and ended up nowhere good. The silent treatment doesn't solve it. Again, same thing. Plenty of experience with that one. Sometimes we simply need to state it so we can move on to solving it. Now, I'm guessing if you haven't shut me out by now or or write it off to, to some other Facebook feed or something like that by now, then I've given you something to ponder. But hang on to the hope that lies in this question. What could possibly go wrong if two people come together humbly to work things out? If two people who are in a relationship with each other, whether it's friends, coworkers, neighbors, um, spouses, children, siblings, if two people came together humbly to work things out, what could go wrong? Nothing. Stuff happens, yes, but nothing that we can't work through. Even better, you know what? When it's done well, it makes the relationship even stronger. It makes it more real. Makes it more to the point where we can say, you know what? We had an issue and we dealt with it and we're, we're that much better because of it. That alone should make it worthwhile to deal with the conflicts so that we can resolve them. So we can have our relationships be strengthened. And be able to move on to abundant life. My friends, let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for raising the bar for us that we might not settle for just outward action, but we might think about what's going on in our minds and in our hearts towards other people. Help us through your power to love those that maybe we're not getting along with for whatever reason, or maybe in the season we're. We're just tired or fed up with them or frustrated with them. Help us through your power to resolve those conflicts, to resolve everything now. It's through your name and in your name, through your spirit, that we know we can pray these kinds of things. So we count on you and count on your spirit to help us out. Amen.